situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with Jeremy's Bob Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Everybody also knows that tomorrow is Super Bowl 57 featuring the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of the things that I always like to get into and I find pretty fascinating is to go through the historical aspect of the teams that happen to be representing America on what really should be a national holiday. And I look at the Eagles, and once again, one of my biggest points that I try to make when it comes to the Super Bowl era means that an entire generation of football history is essentially forgotten. Football didn't exist before 1966, which of course we know was Super Bowl One, turned out to be Super Bowl One, or the NFL-AFL championship game, which it was called at the time, it was called the First World Championship, it wasn't called the Super Bowl, it really until Super Bowl Three, but we acknowledge Super Bowl Two was kind of being the Super Bowl, but... At the time, it was the first world championship game between the AFL and the NFL. And the Green Bay Packers beat the Kansas City Chiefs 35-10, to led by quarterback Bart Starr and, of course, uh, legendary coach Vince Lombardi. But prior to that, in a lot of people's minds, they don't believe football exists. They don't give the Green Bay Packers all the credit that they deserve for all the NFL championships they won. Nobody looks at the Houston Oilers in 1960 and 1961 and really acknowledges their significance in football history by winning the first two AFL championships. But when I look at this, I I break down the team and as far back as they go, and assuming that they went back further than the beginning of the first world championship between the AFL and the AFL, I, I think it's a very important time to talk about the history first of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they've, they've won the NFL championship three different times. Did you know that? Odds are you may not have. You may have acknowledged them as Super Bowl 53 champions, which they were. They had a, had a well-played game. They beat the New England Patriots. They, every, they deserve every last bit of respect for winning that Super Bowl. But do you know that the Philadelphia Eagles won the NFL championship in 1948 and 1949? You know a little bit about Steve Van Buren, the tailback, who really was one one of the best players in the NFL at that time and future Hall of Famer? Did you know about the Philadelphia Eagles winning the NFL championship again in 1960? Did you know that that was Norm Van Brocklin's last season, the Hall of Fame quarterback, his last season in the NFL? In fact, his backup quarterback that year was a guy who would be a Hall of Famer in his own right, Sonny Jurgensen. And, of course, they had Chuck Bagnarek, the linebacker in the center, who was also a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and Tom Brookshire. Tom Brookshire was a quarterback. He became later known for being a, a, one of the better uh, play-by-play slash analysts in the history of f- sports broadcasting. Him and Pat Summerall in 1980s, really leading up until uh, John Madden took over. And it was Summerall and Madden, but before that, it was Summerall and Brookshire. 
and Brookshire, uh, 1960 NFL champion with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if you think of the Chiefs, it's easy to think of the Chiefs. They were in the first Super Bowl. You know, Hank Stram and Len Dawson led the team to win the AFL championship that year, and of course, um, not such a good showing in the the game, the big game against the Green Bay Packers. But they did win Super Bowl four, twenty three to seven, a pretty dominant performance. I believe they beat the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Now I have to look back and fact check myself, but you know, the Chiefs ended up winning a Super Bowl, what exactly forty years later when they beat the San Francisco 49ers, lost the Super Bowl the year later to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the Chiefs also won the AFL championship in 1962. And you may say, oh my God, that's a completely different team. It's the Dallas Texans. How, how can you say that the Chiefs won a championship when they weren't even the Chiefs? Well, they were the Dallas Texans before they were the Kansas City Chiefs, led by the same quarterback, Len Dawson, led by the same legendary coach, Hank Stram, who I really have, if, um, if I'm naming my top 10 all-time NFL head coaches, I, I look at him really being kind of on, on the peripheries of being in the top 10. Maybe top 10, maybe right kind of on the outside looking in, maybe number 10 himself. But I thought Hank Stram was a great coach. Deserves more credit for the third AFL championship in the history of that league in 1962. And if you look back at the Chiefs, they are looking to win their third Super Bowl. The Eagles are trying to win their second Super Bowl. But I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that these three NFL championships that the Eagles won in 1948, 49, and 60, nobody seems to give a shit about. And they were earned with some great players and should be cherished as much as a Super Bowl. And I don't think we look back at the NFL championships, the four consecutive AAFC championships from 1946 to 1949, won by the Cleveland Browns under Paul Brown. You know, he won a couple more championships, a couple more NFL championships as the head coach. But we look at the Cleveland Browns and we're like, hey, that's a losing football team. They don't have that many championships. How, you know, how many Super Bowls have the Cleveland Browns won? But you, you forget because we tend to think that football started in 1966, which I think is freaking insane. So we're going to introduce a new segment to the show. We have been for a little while, and it's called This Day in Sports History. And I... I'm terrible at doing more than one thing at one time, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to play the Passball Show theme song and then get into a little bit of this day in sports Pass history. Ball Show, brought to you by JohnPLE.com. What the f*** you think is my opinion of it? I think it was f***ing put that in, huh? Thank you. 
use steroids, period. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. So, so in this re- uh, vision of uh, sports history, today is the 11th day of February 2023, and in 1957, the NHLPA formed. So, first time that the players were getting any sorts of sort of rep- representation in a National Hockey League. Ten, Ted Lindsay became the president of the Players Association, four-time Stanley Cup champion and Hall of Famer with the Detroit Red Wings. On this day in 1970, John Lennon pays all the fines for those protesting a South African rugby team playing in Scotland. 1973, the Philadelphia 76ers lost their 20th consecutive game. Kevin Lockery was the interim coach. A former player was actually a player coach for that season. And this is one of the worst teams in the history of the National Basketball Association. The 76ers of 1973 won just nine games. On this day in 1982, the Ozzie Smith-Gary Templeton trade, a trade that seemed like it took a little while to to, uh, be transpired, ends up becoming official. 1990, a huge day in boxing history. James Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, Iron Mike, the one of the greatest heavyweight champions in the history of the sport in the 10th round and one of the biggest upsets in the history of professional sports. And on this day in 1997, Bill Parcells was named head coach of the New York Jets. He left the New England Patriots after taking them to a Super Bowl where they got beat up pretty good. But he ends up taking over the New York Jets. He was officially hired on this day in 1997. Uh, famous births for uh, in the world of sports on this day, February 11th. Heavyweight champ, boxing champion Max Beer was born on this day in 1909. I'm sorry, Max Bear. I apologize. I don't know why the hell I said that wrong. Uh, New Jersey, former New Jersey Nets and uh, current Brooklyn Nets. Head coach Jock Vaughn was born on this day in 1975. Um, deaths in the world of sports. Kiki Kyler, baseball Hall of Famer, died on this day in 1950. Frankie Crosetti, a 17-time World Series champion as both a player and a coach for the New York Yankees, passed away on this day in 2002. Chuck Tanner, uh, 1979 World Series champion manager, of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and by the way, the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates won a World Series championship, passed away on this day in 2011, and solid college basketball coach, UNLV coach, Jerry Tarkanian, passed away on this day in 2015. So I'm going to finish off the show today with a a little bit of analysis on what I could tell you, what I expect to see tomorrow in the world of, obviously, the Super Bowl uh, becoming a national holiday, uh, pretty much there, you're going to some party in some way, shape, or form. Um, you think about the Eagles who are getting a lot of the 
respect, I guess, when it comes into it. Um, if you polled about nine or ten average people, the majority of them would think that the Eagles are going to win this game. Now, they do have the better defense. They do have a better series of stars throughout. I think they have better receivers. I think they have a more proven running game. And it looks like they've really been the better team over the course of this National Football League season. I think we're underestimating the Chiefs a little bit. Now, maybe a lot of it has to do with the Patrick Mahomes injury. You know, the fact that he he played through the game last week against Cincinnati. The week before, of course, he had that injury against Jacksonville. And probably if it wasn't for the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game, Patrick Mahomes might not be playing. If this was an average game in the middle of October, he'd probably be out for a couple weeks. So obviously he's going to be injected with enough um, whatever it is that's going to allow him to move his feet around. But I think a lot of people are also looking at that and thinking that it's a compromised Patrick Mahomes. He still has the same arm. He's still able to get extra yards by you know, moving out of the pocket when he needs to. He still, at least last week, was able to move around to make the same kind of throws that he is very capable of making. So I can't look at it and say it's an injured Patrick Mahomes because he's going to be in the best shape he possibly could be to play football. Now, if he gets hurt again, if something happens to where he is taken out of the game, it obviously sways the game in the favor of the Eagles, pretty similar to the way the NFC Championship game swayed the Eagles' favor when Brock Purdy got hurt and then Josh Johnson got hurt and then Brock Purdy was on the field uh, without the ability to throw a football because he had a torn ACL or UCL. You know, the guy's going to need Tommy John surgery. So I think it's very easy to jump on and say it's going to be the Eagles. You know, I like the Eagles receiving core. Like I said, I like the Eagles defense. I think they're they're even a pretty well-coached team. Is an opportunity, though, for Andy Reid to beat his former team. Is a chance for Andy Reid to win his second Super Bowl. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has so much to win or lose with this, but obviously he wants to win. And the one thing that always stands out when it comes to the Super Bowl, you only remember the winner. The loser of Super Bowl gets forgotten about pretty quick. Very few people are thinking about the Cincinnati Bengals last year when they lost the Super Bowl to the Los Angeles Rams. It's easy to forget that Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs that went to the Super Bowl when they lost to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl losers very often don't get remembered. But it's going to be a fun game. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to most. I want to see some uh, a good game. A game that, you know, I can remember certain moments. You know, you remember the last, whatever, 56 Super Bowls. And there's all memories that come out from different ones. I hope a couple new memories are created with this one. Do I feel like the Chiefs are going to win? Yeah, I do. And I put that on the record. If I was giving you a final score, I'd say the Chiefs would, would have maybe, I don't know, 26. 26 to 20. Maybe a little... A little bit closer than that seems. Maybe a late, late field goal and the Eagles don't make it down the field. Um, you know, you look at Jalen Hurts, who has played good football since he's come back from his injury, but is not on that same level. And that's another thing that I'm thinking about, too. Jalen Hurts is going to be in the best shape to play football. 
the trainers are going to do everything they need to do to make sure that he is as close to 100% as possible. But I'm looking at it, and I'm going with the leadership. I'm going with Andy Reid, who's been to Super Bowls before and has coached in a league forever. I'm going with the best quarterback in the NFL, the guy that's probably going to win the MVP of the National Football League or should or has or whatever in Patrick Mahomes. So give me the Chiefs 26-20 in Super Bowl 57. We'll talk about it again probably Tuesday on another edition of the Passball Show. Um, as always, I'm happy to be with you. The Passball Show is brought to you by um, St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, you could check out the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. He didn't do anything wrong in this situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Travis Bob Pearl Harbor? The castration of the Major League Baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs, decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.